up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Around the League podcast. I'm Ryan. And I'm Jake. The NBA Finals are officially here. Uh, as you're listening to this, it's Tuesday. Uh, game one is tonight, uh, July 6th uh, at 9 p.m. on ABC. Bucks and Suns. Uh, game one is in Phoenix as they have home court advantage for this series, them being the two-seed out west, uh, Milwaukee being a three-seed out east, and obviously the west is a little stronger than the east, so record-wise, uh, Phoenix gets it, gets the home court. Um, we didn't talk about we our last podcast we released, and that night uh, Bucks and Hawks played, and obviously Bucks won um, without Giannis. I guess we can start with the Bucks here. Um, the biggest question mark being Giannis. I haven't really seen any updates uh, con- pertaining to Giannis and his status for Game One of the Finals. Ha- we know how big it is uh, if he's out. Does that is that the determining factor in the series if the Bucks win this or not? Yeah, without a doubt, it is. Um, you do kind of have to look at. As a side note, the fact that they were able to uh, at least have some momentum going into this next series because in the two games they played completely without him in games five and game six against Atlanta, uh, one of those being in Atlanta in which you and I thought they were going to take that one, but they ended up not having Trey Young at 100%. And, uh, but they never trailed in both those games um, from start to finish. And yeah, Atlanta was never really out of it, um, even late in Game 6. And then in Game 5, they were always kind of there. But for Milwaukee to really be resilient without Giannis, uh, it goes to show them, especially the front court showing up in his place, having Bobby Portis in there, having P.J. Tucker and Brooke Lopez, which all played pretty well uh, when he was out. And surely, I mean, that half a game, you can look at and say, look, I mean, they're on that huge... Uh, uh, Atlanta went on that huge run without them, but uh, without Giannis. But at the same time, that's where you look at coaching and and you look at Bud and say, look, this guy might be, uh, you know, saving the Bucks here. And and we know how his job has been in question. So I think riding this momentum going into this next series will be critical for Milwaukee, considering outside of the first round series against the Heat, they've really struggled the opening series up, especially against the Nets, and then looking at this past series against the Hawks in which game one, uh, Trey Young had a field day against them. So opening series, especially going to Phoenix where that, we know how that home crowd is. It's going to be very critical, but yeah, Giannis's timeline as far as the injury and coming back into the series is going to be huge without a question. Yeah. I, I think obviously, I mean, him being a top five player at times, the top player in, in the NBA, when you miss you're when you're missing your best player and on probably 28 out of the 30 teams in the NBA, he's their top player. Um, it's a huge loss. Uh, this playoffs, he's averaging 28, uh, 12 and five with almost a steal and a block a game. Um, it's huge. I think, though, and, and we're going to get into key matchups later. I think Drew Holiday for this team is the X factor. They go as far as Drew Holiday goes. Um at times, and, and he said it himself in the post-game interview, I believe it was after their clinching game, 
it was either after their clinching game. It could have been after game five. I forget which one it was. He was getting interviewed. And basically it was um, just, he said, you know, he knows he needs to be more aggressive and he knows, you know, that he, he needs to, uh, that at times he's not as aggressive as he should be. And to me, that was very telling. I think he knows going into this series with Giannis, even if he comes back and he's, you know, at 70%, 60%, 50%, that he's going to need to take over at times with Chris Middleton not showing up at times. And then obviously you just have, you know, the rest of the role guys. Brooke Lopez is not going to put up his 33 points like he did uh, in game five of the last series. So um, I think those are the key fact that, that you know, that that's going to be huge for this Bucks team. Um, I think Brent Forbes really has kind of fell off the face of the earth after that, you know, incredible series versus Miami where he couldn't miss. And then, you know, you're going to have PJ Tucker. Um, and then I'll get into this more when we talk about the Suns. But then if Giannis does come back, you have, you know, Jay Crowder, who, you know, didn't shut down Giannis, but with the help of the Miami Heat defensive scheme last playoffs, you know, was one of the key factors in, in stopping the Bucks and stopping Giannis and beating them in five games. So I think if you're the Bucks, you know, you need to look at that and, and you need to look at, you know, be worried, you know, also about, you know, what this Suns team brings to the table and, and how you're going to do that without, a, you know, because yeah, I don't think Giannis will be 100% come game one or at any point in this series. Yeah, it's interesting to look at the matchups that we're going to have uh, starting tomorrow night in game one. And really speculate as to what matchups are going to be the most crucial. Again, it really depends on if Giannis comes back or not. Um, then we can kind of look at him with DeAndre Ayton or Jay Crowder, as you mentioned, as potential matchups that are going to be pretty huge. Uh, I personally think that, uh, and and it's pretty ironic how you look at two teams in which um, they've gotten heavily criticized since the acquisitions of. Uh, two veteran point guards with Drew Holiday and and, uh, and Chris Paul, in which you kind of just see that window of a championship and go for it. Uh, and these are two teams that have really made that jump. But looking at the backcourt matchups, uh, it's something that really intrigues me, especially if you look at a guy like Chris Middleton, who's been up and down throughout these whole entire playoffs. Uh, that's a guy in which uh, him and Drew Holiday really had a great closeout to this to this Hawks series as Giannis went out. Uh, and so you look at the matchups with uh, more more importantly, I would say with Phoenix's uh, side is going to be more interesting as far as like uh, Devin Booker and Chris Paul uh, getting the pick and roll and how Milwaukee schemes against that because we saw them switch. But I don't know if you really want to switch against a Phoenix team that can get hot from three. Uh, and can exploit you in so many different areas. You have to pick and choose between uh, whether you want to, and it all depends too. I think Mikel Bridges and Jay Crowder are going to be huge from as far as their um, them being a perimeter threat, I think is going to be huge in this game, as well as having DeAndre Ayton, as we all know, has had a really great uh, playoffs in his first playoffs um, ever. So the Milwaukee defense um, and having Middleton, I don't know if you want to ask him to do everything because you're gonna you're not going to have Giannis um, through at least the beginning of this series, it looks to be. Um, but I think he's going to have to be huge on the offensive end. Do you ask for a lot on the defensive end, though, because you're, he's going to be having to carry that offensive load. Uh, and then 
How does P.J. Tucker, like we saw him against KD, does he go on D-book? Or you're going to have Middleton, which I already said before, he's going to have a lot on his plate. So that's interesting. Uh, Drew Holiday, I would assume, is going to be on Chris Paul to start off. Um, We'll see how that uh, carries into uh, the latter games of the series. But it's just really interesting looking at the guard play. Um, And you could even flip it, uh, how they want to go at uh, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, uh, who have really like held their own defensively these playoffs. But um, seeing how Drew Holiday, you mentioned the aggressiveness, that's kind of where I was going to get at. Um, he was terrific in that closeout game. So really just finding the the holes in the Phoenix Suns defense because they've been terrific defensively all season. Um, and seeing that the two regular season games only came down to one point uh, so really one possession um, in each game is really critical, and, it, and it's a telling story of how close these games are going to be. I hope it goes seven, um, just as an NBA fan uh, looking into this series. Well, wh- how, if you had to pick it, and, and I'm talking about besides Drew and, and Chris Middleton, if you had to pick a player in this uh series from this Bucks team that needs to step up who are you looking at are you looking at Brooke Lopez are you looking at PJ Tucker are you looking at someone like uh um Brent Forbes or Pat Connaughton that you know they're gonna need to especially with you know because I'm looking the more I look at this series and I look at Giannis and who knows obviously they said he could have played game seven um if the Hawks series would have went to seven and I think that was just because your season's on the line and you know, he'll get out there, kind of like what Trey Young did in game six, as he wasn't Trey Young that he normally is, but, you know, he was just kind of out there, and you saw how that ended up. Um, but, and I, I, I truly do think that even if Giannis missed game one and game two, it's not like they had the home court advantage, and, you know, you need to win your home court games that you still go back to, to Milwaukee for games three and four. So, and like they say, you know, it's not a it's not a series until the home team loses a game or the road team wins a game. Um so if you had to pick one of those role players, who are you picking to that, you know, they need to, you know, step up their game come this series? For me, it's 100% Brooke Lopez, because as I said before, the pick and roll coverage, uh, he's going to be thrown into that. And this is not a team in which you can switch everything like they were doing uh, when uh, when Trey Young was out, especially um, because they had more leeway without Trey Young. You're not being put in that pick and roll and you're having to uh, rely on other guys. But um, that's besides the point. The Hawks aren't in it anymore. But at the same time, this Phoenix Suns team is is a team in which you can't do that. You have to play them uh, straight up. And I, I think like Jay Crowder, we saw him in the, the closeout game. Mikel Bridges has been more on the quiet side offensively, but he's a good cutter to the rim. Him and CP3 have good connection. Uh, And we know that the the defensive presence that he is, is, along with P.J. Tucker, that's kind of why he's out there, too, uh, strictly because of defensive purposes. Um, But like I said, Brooke Lopez, pick and roll coverage you're dealing with. And I I don't know if I said this uh, on our previous podcast, but I might have alluded to it. You're dealing with two guys in the pick and roll now. You're not dealing with Trey Young. You're not dealing with covering Bruce Brown. You're dealing with Devin Booker and Chris Paul now. So these are two guys that can get hot in the mid-range area. And I believe uh, I saw something that said that the Milwaukee Bucks uh, allowed the second most mid-range shots in the league and that they gave up the second highest percentage on those shots. 
So this is a team that really struggles uh, giving up those mid-range shots, and Phoenix is a team that really capitalizes on it. So Brooke Lopez is going to be huge in the fact that he's going to have to hold his own in the pick-and-roll coverage, stepping up and choosing his spots because DeAndre Aiden is a guy that can get his own inside as well. Um, so I think he's going to be huge um, from a rebounding aspect too. Uh, we saw DeAndre Aiden uh, punish, you know, when the, the Clippers went small as far as the rebounding aspect goes. Uh, and so, and then we saw offensively with Brooke Lopez uh, when Giannis was out, the fact that we don't know if he was hiding it or not, but the fact that he can still be a post threat. So uh, I know that DeAndre Aiden is a different type of animal uh, as far as like post defense. And we've seen him hold his own against Anthony Davis, uh, Jokic. Uh, and some of those guys are a little bit more enforcing uh, than a guy like Brooke Lopez is. But I wouldn't sleep on Brooke Lopez as far as what he's able to do um, besides just being a three-point threat. Um, and he, he'll change up his game if Giannis isn't there. We saw that in the Hawks series. So for me, it's Brooke Lopez. I think that's the most important guy just because of what he's going to be asked to do um, defensively and offensively on both sides of the ball. Yeah, I mean, especially if uh, Giannis is out for a couple games of the series, he's going to be tasked with uh, guarding um, DeAndre Ayton. And even if Giannis is in the lineup, I wouldn't be surprised because Giannis normally doesn't take that uh, big matchup on by himself. He normally is the help. so he would still be tasked with with Aiton. So I think that's a really good point, um, at least defensively wise and then offensively. I think he needs to, um, it, you know, Aiton's a little bigger of a center than Capella was, but um, I think both bringing him out to the perimeter is going to help in this series, uh, but also going back inside and, and dominating like uh, at times he can inside. Uh, also, I mean, you, Bobby Portis, I think the energy he brings, P.J. Tucker, uh, and then the three-point shooting of Pat Connaughton and Brent Forbes needs to show up uh, because I, I think even with a fully healthy Giannis, this team versus this Suns team, especially the guard play of the Suns, I think that's going to be the determining factor. What um, if the Bucks guard play can, you know, kind of hold and check the Suns guard play? Uh, talking about that, let's get over to the Suns now. Um, they will have had close to a week off, if I'm not mistaken, of rest um, since their last game when they closed out versus, uh, I'm going blank here now. Um, Clippers. Versus the Clippers, yeah. Uh, there's a huge, like you, I, I think in your background too, Jake, they can't hear it, but there's a huge rainstorm going on and it's just thunder and lightning like crazy. Um, anyway, w- for this team, what is your overview of this team coming into the finals? I think Chris Paul's first playoff appearance, um, and really for both teams, there's not much finals uh, experience going in as it's kind of both teams, this the kind of their first shot for many players of being in the finals. But you wouldn't know that, right? Because they've played with such a tenacity and such a togetherness all throughout these playoffs that you see from head to toe the way they're constructed, the way they're coached, that they can win a championship. Um, and they're headlined by one of the, the most impactful players, in my opinion, besides LeBron uh, in today's league and, and Chris Paul. Uh, he's a guy that, that is built for these moments, just has had some very um, 
you know, very unlucky past. Uh, and I just feel as if, look, I think Devin Booker is going to be super important uh, in being able to play off of Chris Paul like he has all, all season. Uh, and being that one-two punch, uh, I, I think it's going to be interesting. Uh, I think DeAndre Ayton, especially looking at him too, um, and I think Giannis plays an even important part in how DeAndre Ayton and how he's affected throughout the series because he hasn't fouled out at all uh, during these playoffs. And that's crazy coming from a, a player that has first um, is in his first playoffs um, and seeing that he's battled against guys like AD, even though he wasn't at maybe 100%. Um, but in the first couple of games of that series, you know, not giving up uh, much leeway in terms of foul trouble, going up against the MVP in Jokic, um, holding his own. We know that we saw in the first round with, with Nurkic, and uh, he wasn't able to keep up with Jokic. So Aiden was able to hold his own. Then you go to the small ball lineup of the Clippers, which they did play Zubak until he got hurt. So I guess that counts for something. But he didn't foul out at all throughout that seven-game series. Uh, or, excuse me, uh, six-game series, for that matter. So going into this next series, it'll be interesting to see Giannis. I don't think he'll be matched up with Aiden. But if he – yeah, I mean, he won't be because Lopez is going to be out there. But seeing Giannis's aggression – uh, and I think his aggression also with Drew Holiday's aggression is going to be really key because you want to try and put these guys in foul trouble. I know the Phoenix Suns are a pretty deep team, but having Giannis in the lineup does kind of sway you in a direction where it's like, look, if this guy's attacking, there's not a whole lot of people or uh, personnel in the NBA that can stop him. Uh, and DeAndre Ayn's certainly going to be tasked. Um, Looking at the overall uh, construction of this team, though, they're a super deep team, uh, and I expect them to – look, they have everything that, that you want in a championship team. A great leader, uh, a well-established all-star two-guard uh, who's really made a name for himself uh, and Devin Booker, uh, despite all the criticism uh, against his name prior to these playoffs. Uh, you have a center in which, despite his inexperience as well, has really shown up. Uh, and punished whoever has been in his way throughout these uh, these first three rounds leading up to the finals. And then you have three and D guys, Jay Crowder, who's experienced, Mikel Bridges, who's less experienced, but still uh, has all the qualities you want in defending uh, the opposing teams, one of their best players at least. Uh, and then you have a well-constructed bench as well. Um, with Dario Sarge, campaign, Cameron Johnson. Hopefully they get him back uh, with the illness that he's going through. Uh, and that kind of says something as well when you're the healthiest team remaining uh, in these finals. And that kind of uh, says something when you're looking at a season like this. So they have everything you want um, from top to bottom. And I think that it'll make for a very good series. For me, I, I think, and you hit a lot of good points, um, they have to come away up 2-0 after these first two games. Um, no matter if Giannis plays or not, it's not a fully healthy Giannis. You lose one one of those games, you drop one of those games at home with you having home court advantage, um, you're, you're asking for trouble uh, going back to Milwaukee. 
I think that um, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, you know what you're going to get from them. Aiton, it seems more and more as these playoffs go on that you're going to get that double-double every night from him. Um, the points come and go. Uh, he's averaging 16. Um, sometimes he can go off for 25 other nights. You know, he'll just get those, 15, you know, 12 to 17 points a game. Um, but he'll always get those double-digit rebounds. I think for me, though, it, it's looking at the bench. Like I said, both both benches. I, I I asked you the question about the Bucks, and I'll probably ask you the same about the Suns. But uh, Jay Crowder, you know, obviously last year in the bubble, didn't have a great finals at all for the Heat. Um, will he be the Jay Crowder that's hitting four-point plays every game? Um, or is he going to be the Jay Crowder who's just not a, you know, going to be going one for nine, one for ten? And obviously defensively, he'll have an impact, but offensively, he just won't be there. Uh, Cameron Payne, can he keep up the level of play? Um, you know, I, I think that it's a different stage. The fi- You know, all the, we're getting back to a normal time where um, arenas are packed again. You're going to have a lot of media there. And and I didn't even say this for the books, but it goes for both teams with very little finals experience. Um, will you rise to the occasion or, or will you shy away from it? And I think Chris Paul, he as much even though this is his first finals, he he's there mentally. He he can he he'll show up. Devin Booker, I think he has that mentality not many players have in this league where he's not afraid of the big moments. Um, but then you look at the rest of the roster, and I even include Aiden in this, is you know, are they mentally up for the challenge? Um it's a young team, uh and I think you you need to um really buckle down because it, like I said, I, I think the main point, the the main key for them is is winning those first two games, uh, because you lose those first two games with a, even if Giannis plays, he's not fully healthy. Uh, you can, I'm not going to say it's it's over, but it, it'll be really hard to come back. Not to say, and that's not to say they can't get one in in, in Milwaukee, but the momentum will be with Milwaukee, um, and and it'll be really hard for them to come back. Yeah, uh, I think as if, look, we we said it before, uh, the the play or the series doesn't really get interesting until, uh, or what's the saying about uh, the series not until the home team That's loses? It. The series doesn't start until a, until a home team loses. Okay, so alluding or kind of just backing that statement, um, looking at these next two games. Um, it's going to be pretty hard for the Bucks to go in there without Giannis uh, and steal even one game from the Phoenix Suns. We know how electric their, that crowd is. Uh, all has been all playoffs. Um, and looking at uh, this Phoenix Suns team, I mean, one thing that really stands out to me because um, I know we we kind of touched a lot on the Bucks at the beginning, so we're still kind of touching on the Suns. Is how versatile they are. They can throw a multitude of guys. Um, and of course, Giannis hurts you from that aspect of just not having your superstar out there, but also it just helps the Suns that much more when you're talking about from a defensive, um, perspective, because you can throw Jay Crowder, uh, on Chris Middleton. You can throw Mikel Bridges on him. You can throw Torrey Craig on him, uh, who's played big minutes for them. And not even mentioning you have a guy, in, uh, cam johnson so that three position for them three or four is super versatile and super underrated on this team because you have a lot of depth on that uh in that area 
Uh, and Cam Johnson has been great offensively. There's there's times where he's like their top scorer, uh, and he comes off the bench, a guy that was super slept on in the draft. They ended up picking him up, and he's found his role here. Uh, Mikel Bridges is definitely probably going to be the guy on um, Chris Middleton uh, on defense. And so you look at Mikel Bridges and the length that he brings um, and the defensive uh, tenacity that he plays with, uh, I don't know if there's there's going to be I don't know if maybe Chris Middleton is going to be a little shocked that this guy's on him because the guy is a defensive monster having Jay Crowder there uh, and it's going to be critical for all these guys including Tory Craig who's been great off the glass for them as a, as a secondary rebounder behind Aiton um, and so like when when they're on the floor together I meant but looking at all the forwards that they have are super underrated and seeing this, I think that it's just going to be a testament to how resilient the bucks really are because there's multiple guys um, on the Suns team. Even if Giannis was there where you could just throw at uh, and you can throw just fresh slugs off the bench and you're good because everyone knows the role on this team. So uh, I'm not saying I'm giving the bucks no chance, um, but it's it's pretty scary to see just how deep the Suns team is. Uh, and the Bucks, on the other hand, I just, again, you have DiVincenzo, who would have been great in a lot of the series that they played already, but uh, not having Giannis now as well is, is, is very critical. So we'll have to see and pay attention to uh, the reports and see what ends up happening. He was looking better uh, at the end of the Hawks series, so maybe that's a plus, and a sign of optimism moving forward. But yeah, I, I think I would say right now that the Suns are my favorite to win it. So yeah, I, I, and we can, I can, I can, I guess we can kind of transition into, cause I want to talk about some key matchups here. And we both talked about the backcourt for the Suns. And I, I would ask you this, if I'm the Bucks, who am I sticking Drew Holiday on? Is it Chris Paul or am I putting Drew Holiday and Devin Booker? Um, because both of them, I mean, they both bring such different games. I mean, obviously you see Chris Paul, he can score when he wants to, and he put up 41 in a closeout game versus the Clippers. But at the same time, Devin Booker, I mean, he's their leading scorer, and it's not by a little bit. He's having 20, 27 a game flat in, in the playoffs. Their next leading scorer is Chris Paul at 18. Um, I would guess if, uh, my answer would probably be uh, putting Drew Holiday and Devin Booker, and then what do you do with um, Chris Paul and trying to neutralize him because of the way he can affect the game in so many ways? Well, I would disagree with you um, because I would say that you always put Drew Holiday on the ball handler, especially to start the series, and then you adjust accordingly. But I'm going to use Tass from No Dunks, um, so shout out to that podcast. He he said something actually pretty, uh, pretty good in relation to the defensive scheme on how the Bucks. Uh, can combat uh, the Suns' offense, which has been really good throughout these playoffs. You throw P.J. Tucker on Devin Booker because, yes, he is smaller, but you saw how he was able to get under the skin of Kevin Durant. And you look at Patrick Beverly and and how he could get under the skin of Devin Booker. It's kind of the same uh, sort of feel in terms of the tenacity uh, and you saw Devin Booker was somewhat rattled but, in some of those games. So I would he, put P.J. Tucker on him. But is he quick enough? Because to me, he, I don't think he's quick enough to stay with Devin Booker. 
Okay, so if you're going to put Drew Holiday on Devin Booker, then what's happening with Chris Paul? That's a good question. Um, That's what I'm saying, though. I mean, you you need to pick your poison in that backcourt. Give me one second. I'm going to tell you right now. Um, hmm. You you came back at me with the, I mean, I. I mean, I I would just I would just stick with uh, I mean, again, you have, you know, KD, in which, I mean, KD has, his upper hand on on PJ Tucker simply by the fact that he's, what, seven eight inches taller than him, or no, I yeah. mean that's a little bit of a stretch, maybe like six or seven, but still, I mean, you look at. A guy like that, and I think like you are going to have to give up something. I already mentioned that before with the pick and roll, where you have uh, Brook Lopez and how much of an X factor he is in this series, and, and the fact that he's going to have to play well on both sides of the ball, but specifically defensively, since we're on that topic, you're really going to just have to pick your your spots and make sure that uh, I mean you are undermanned to begin with, so you're really going to have to be selective on on what you do. Yeah, no, I, I guess the more I look at it, I guess they really don't have uh, someone else, uh, a smaller type guard to go at that. And and then you're right. Who do they put on Chris Paul? Um, yeah, I, I, I think that as much as the big man matchup with, you know, pending honest plays and him and Aiton uh, looking at Jay Crowder, and the matchup he can do and, and building that wall. It, it, to me, this series comes down to can the Bucks neutralize that or, or somehow it's almost like how this for the Suns, it's how how can they stop Giannis in the open court? Um, how can this Bucks team stop that backcourt from putting up numbers on you? Because that's where that's to me, that's where they get most of their off I mean, that's where they get all of their offense from is that backcourt. Um, even one campaigns in the game. Uh, this this playoffs. I mean, he's played at a caliber that I don't think no one has ever thought that he could play at. Um, and it's just neutralizing that backcourt to a, a way that hey, you know, they're neutralized now. Make you know DeAndre and Jay Crowder kind of win you that game. Cam Johnson, all those guys who are going to come in in the front court. Yeah, yeah. As far as just backing up what I was kind of saying before about being selected because you're undermanned, being selected because of the multitude of ways that the Suns can beat you. Uh, And even more so, you have to be selected because you need them to miss shots because we're the Bucs. And yeah, this this goes back to Giannis. Everything kind of goes back to him because where are you most effective in transition offense? So you really need to be selective. Regardless, I mean, if Giannis is out there or not, you're still effective in transition offense. So you need to be able to uh, really dial down defensively to force the Suns to miss open shots and so you can uh, capitalize on missed shots on the other end. So it, it's even more important um, that the Bucks do a great job defensively. Uh, Giannis is such a big part of both sides of the ball, but... Uh, this is where Bud makes a name for himself because yes, I mean, there's, there's been times where it's, it's, it's skepticism because they, they came down to the wire with the Nets and if they had both their stars, I think that the Nets would have won that series. Uh, and then there were some times in this Hawks series as well, where 
yeah, both stars went down on each team, but the Hawks were like in it, you know, it's not like they were getting, I mean, yeah, they got blown out in, in, in certain parts of the game, but there was times in, in those games where they were still in it. And especially at the beginning of the series, they were definitely in it because they won two games. Um, so yeah, I, I just feel as if, um, now it's like Bud's turn because you really have to coach this team now. Like, backs are really against the wall. Uh, not not so much as I make it out to be, I guess, but because, yeah, your, uh, your MVP is out. But at the same time, uh, this is where coaching is really, really important. Uh, and there was no choice but to put Bobby Portis in when Giannis was out. Uh, and that seemed to work out perfect so maybe you try and uh exploit weaknesses on the on the sun side uh on the sun's defense uh in terms of bobby portis and brooke lopez and simply just being aggressive i think maybe bug can just get in the ear of his guys and be like guys we just gotta hold our own on on the defensive end on the offensive end just be aggressive and maybe that's what it is um but there's a lot of coaching that goes into this and it'll be interesting interesting to see uh, how the chess match that is between Monty Williams and, and Boone Holzer. So we'll see. Yeah, I, I think that's another huge um, key matchup that we're not, that you you just brought up, which was another great point by you. Um, I think is the coaching matchup because Monty Williams, I think, has proven over these past since the bubble, he's becoming an elite coach in this league. Um, his rotations. Uh, what he gets out of his guys. Um, when when you look at what Monty Williams and and throughout the playoffs, they've really highlighted this as a story. Um, and it's when Monty Williams got fired from his New Orleans Hornets job, his first head coaching job in the league, where coincidentally he had Chris Paul. He he asked his players and I guess former players um, for you know feedback, criticism, whatever, and he was going to take it. And a lot of them said how um, you know how they, he kind of made them feel smaller, or in simpler words, just bad. Um, didn't didn't you know he wasn't getting the best out of them how, how he could because of the way he talked to them and he really took that under consideration and I think when he got the son's job um, and throughout the season you know it's been it's been you know publicized as you know his saying is is you know he's not calling you out he's calling you up and I think for him that that's a really key coaching point I think you look and and as much as Milwaukee has dogs on their team and you know guys who are going to get after it I think the Suns have more and for that reason, I guess we can go into predictions. I'm I'm taking Suns and six, um, and I'll go with the betting favorite right now for Finals MVP. That's Chris Paul as, as the Finals MVP for me. Um, we're we're how far? I think we both have kind of alluded to the past this episode and even the episode prior who we're gonna go with in these finals. Who are you going with? How many games and who's your Finals MVP? Yeah, there's too much to root for uh, in terms of. The Phoenix Suns, uh, the story of just Monty Williams, uh, as you mentioned, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Aiden getting their first shot at it. Uh, and then Jay Crowder for, for us Heat fans, there's a there's a soft spot um, after this season, especially James Jones in the in the uh, in the office. So that's kind of that's more of just a, a personal uh, thing there and and why I'm rooting for them to win but also from a basketball perspective I just feel as if uh, the 
timeline for Giannis, I, I just don't feel as if they're going to rush him back because there's there's more of a long-term thing. We mentioned, I'm sure, in earlier episodes well, how... Not to cut you off real quick, when you say long-term thing, I feel like this is, I mean, this is their best shot that they've had so far. You know, this is what you, you sit guys out when, you know, they have a nagging injury in, you know, the middle of February when, you know, you're playing a Tuesday night in February and, you know, Charlotte... <laughs> you know, I I don't know how careful you you should be with Giannis. You know, obviously careful career wise. I mean, but, yeah, you don't want to. Yeah, you, you, I mean, well, that's I, that's what I was saying. But I, I mean, who knows? The next time you know, people thought with the OKC Thunder that they would be back many times, and and look, did happen. You know, that was the last time they were back. Um, well, that was one. Listen, the were we? Yeah, I mean, were we? I mean, I was worried about them when he was out in this last series. I mean, I know this, the Suns are a different team, but, again, anything can happen, especially on the road. Um, we've seen teams in the playoffs trade shot for shot. I think, like Clippers-Mavs, I don't think the home team won until the last game. So, uh, again, that's just one example there. But, um, again, anything can happen. Um, I knew a, a game that Chris Middleton would go off like in game six would happen, uh, and it did uh, in that third quarter. So, again, we'll see if Milwaukee can pull out at least one of these games, I think would be a huge W uh, moving forward here. Um, but in terms of my prediction, I'll take Suns in seven. Uh, so I'm going a game above you in terms of how, how far the series will go. Uh, I just feel as if it's better for basketball, and I feel as if, again, with Giannis coming back, uh, we don't know how it'll um, – the timeline in which he'll come back. So uh, with the unpredictability there, but I do feel as if Milwaukee can still stand their ground in some of these games. Uh, again, I, I hate to kind of just be like that guy that's that's with hypotheticals here, but uh, that's what we're dealing with at the moment. So. And then I'll take for finals MVP. Uh, I'll ride with with your pick and say Chris Paul. Uh, I just feel as if the narrative is too strong there for him not to win it, and he's been on one as far as closing out these series and making a statement. So I gotta go with Chris Paul. So we're uh, aligned with our uh, predictions. <laughs> um. That will, I guess, I guess he'll pretty much do it. I know kind of these past two episodes have kind of been shorter. This episode has been a bonus episode kind of since it's going to be a midweek one. Um, we'll also have a episode this upcoming weekend as I believe the first two games will have been in the books by the time our next episode comes out. Uh, yeah, because game Tuesday, Thursday, and then game three Sunday. So we'll have a podcast after uh, the two games. Uh, and um, if I had a guess, uh, I... I from my points, I would hope that Phoenix, and this not from a rooting, just from what I think they should be able to do, would be up 2-0, but you never know, uh, especially in these playoffs. Um, that'll pretty much do it. Any uh, last thoughts before we get out of here? No, I just hope that the casuals out there and the people that don't really watch basketball as much really appreciate these NBA Finals for what they are, considering we have two teams that haven't been there in a while and our small market teams uh, as the most important note there. So I hope that people really enjoy these these finals for what they are. Yeah, the Suns never winning a championship. And the last time the the um, 
the Bucks won a championship in 1971 with the big O and uh, Kareem. Where can they find us on socials, Jake? As we say at the end of every, every episode, uh, thank you guys for also listening. Uh, make sure to subscribe, leave us a review, follow us on our socials like Jake's going to about to say. Yeah, you guys can check us out uh, at underscore around the league underscore on Instagram, on our Twitter at underscore ATL podcast underscore, and then make sure to check us out uh, all three streaming platforms, Apple Pods, Spotify, Anchor app, wherever you guys get your podcasts. We're there weekly, so make sure you guys check us out. Uh, this was a little midweek episode, so we try to keep it as short as possible, but hope you guys uh, got the most out of it, uh, and we're looking forward to a great NBA Finals. Check us out on all the platforms, guys. Uh, enjoy uh, Game 1 tonight and uh, Game 2 on uh, Thursday. Peace out. Peace.